God is wondrous in his saints. Bless God in the churches. The reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Galatians. Abraham had two sons, one by a slave and one by a free woman. But the son of the slave was born according to the flesh, the son of the free woman through promise. Now this is an allegory. These women are two covenants. One is from Mount Sinai, bearing children for slavery. She is Hagar. Now Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia. She corresponds to the present Jerusalem, for she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem above is free, and she is our mother. For it is written, Rejoice, O barren one who does not bear, break forth and shout, you who are not in travail. For the children of the desolate are many more than the children of her that is Mary. Peace be with you, the reader. Let us hear the Holy Gospel. Peace be with you all. The reading of the Holy Gospel is according to Matthew. Let us be attentive. At that time, when Jesus came to the other side, to the country of the Gergesenes, two demoniacs met him coming out of the tombs, so fierce that no one would pass that way. And behold, they cried out, What have you to do with us, O Son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? Now a herd of many swine was feeding at some distance from them, and the demons begged him, If you cast us out, send us away into the herd of swine. And he said to them, Go. So they came out and went into the swine, and behold, the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the sea and perished in the waters. The herdsmen fled, and going into the city, they told everything and what had happened to the demoniacs. And behold, all in the city came out to meet Jesus. And when they saw him, they begged him to leave their neighborhood. And getting into a boat, he crossed over and came to his own city. Peace be with you, who proclaim the gospel. Glory to you, Lord. 
the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Careful readers of Jesus' Galilean early ministry in the Gospel of Matthew soon become come across a rather shocking surprise. Who's the first to recognize who Jesus was? It wasn't the disciples. It wasn't the crowd. It was the demons. The demons were the first to recognize Jesus is the Son of God. And that should come as a shock and surprise to all of us until we think about it carefully. Because if we think about it carefully, we discover what we know all along. Evil is very intent. Evil is very focused. Evil has its priorities. These demons knew that confronting the Son of God was the sign of the end times. They knew their scriptures. Why is it that evil is so focused and intent while those of us who want to do good, try to do good, keep stumbling and renewing our intent to go, do good, why is it that we're so unfocused? Distracted, led astray so many times. Of course, one of the reasons is that evil uses distraction to its own purposes. It can go around about its business much more easily if good people are looking the other way. It's quite a phenomenon about human nature, isn't it? Not only is evil more intense than the good, we are more fascinated by evil than the good. Ask any Hollywood producer what sells tickets horror, mayhem, murder, violence. And there are more videos on YouTube describing the psychopathology of a serial killer than there are describing the spiritual psychology of a saint. 
The ancient rabbis knew very well that man isn't quite upright. He leans to one side. He leans to the evil side. And all it takes is a little focus and intensity from an evil force or temptation to knock us over. And knowing our enemy is the first step to defeating him. And oftentimes, we simply fail to see our enemy. Or we neuter our enemy. Well, you know, if that demon had been given a couple of more gold stars by Miss Dooley in kindergarten, maybe he would have turned out all right. He would be filled with more self-esteem. Of course, he's filled with self-esteem. That's all he is. Or maybe we need to adjust this or adjust that. Now, I'm not making a case against social amelioration. In fact, I dare say, in the pagan world, Christians invented social amelioration. Hospitals, clinics, schools. But that still doesn't go to the fundamental source that's revealed in the gospel message today. The source of our troubles is evil, focused, intense, seductive, fascinating evil. So what do we do about it? Well, the first step is to recognize that the demons are at the command of Christ. There is no ritual of exorcism or long involved prayers or magic spells. There's just a word of command, go. And they went. But if we stop there, we haven't understood the full message because a word of command is enough for Jesus Christ, but we have to follow it up. And we have to realize that if the demons are going to go anywhere, they're going to go from an unclean place, the tombs and the cobwebity sepulchers where they hung out, into another clean, unclean place. Pigs. The pig was the unclean animal par excellence for the Jews. So evil can only dwell in an unclean place. That's the good news. Because if we're not an unclean place, 
evil has no place in us. And that's why it's wrong to think of salvation as simply a word or a said prayer or a formula. Salvation is not a step. It's a walk. It's a walk in the Spirit. And this is why St. Paul so often reminds us, as he did the Galatians. If I may. Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and those are contrary to one another. See? The works of the flesh, evil works, cannot dwell in a clean place of the Spirit. There it is again. So that you do not do the things that you wish. Ah, there again. He explains. The gospel says. We're not doing what we wish. Why? Because we're hanging out in unclean places. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. And the Spirit works are evident. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. And you may say, well, I, you know, Father John, I don't do, well, I don't do most of them. You know, God doesn't judge on a curve. But even if you don't do most of them, I, we enjoy watching most of them, don't we? This is why evil enters through the eye, through the ear, through the senses. Now, I'm not up here to preach a fire and brimstone sermon. On the contrary, I'm here to give you the good news that stays good news, that doesn't fade with the morrow. Walking in the Spirit is an endless journey, but it's filled with hope and vision and confidence and trust. And as Jesus himself would say, filled with abundant life, true life, life in the Spirit. I'm not saying we're filled with evil. On the contrary, we're filled with good, but we get distracted by evil. And that's where the ascetical tradition of our church comes to play. Not to make us feel unworthy, to beat our breasts, to wear a hair shirt, none of these things, 
but to become crucified in the flesh that we may live in the body of a human being with the mind of a human being as created by God in his image. That's the message of the church that is directly taken from passages such as this in the gospel of our Lord, God, and Savior, Jesus Christ, to whom belong all glory, honor, and worship, together with his eternal Father, his all-holy good and life-giving spirit. Please rise.